five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, the premier podcast on the Vancouver Overwatch League franchise. I am Chris at Lightforce, and I'll be the sultry voice you'll be hearing in your ears for the next 20 or so minutes. In this episode, the big news, and quite frankly, the only big news in the past two weeks since our last episode, is the announced partnership between Van Al and Luminosity Gaming. We'll also be hitting the mailbag to answer a question we received from that last episode and tossing around some news from around the Overwatch League and anything else I can scramble up in the meantime. So without further ado, let's get to the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! Having gone over a month without a tweet, let alone any official indication of life, the Vancouver Overwatch League franchise dropped some serious news just over a week ago with the announcement of a partnership with Luminosity Gaming. Details of the exact nature of the partnership itself have actually been scarce. We don't know if Luminosity is using their expertise to manage the franchise, act as an advisor, or using its reach to sort out players and staff for the expansion outfit. In fact, all we have insight into is what Steve Maida, CEO and founder of Luminosity Gaming, said in the press release. I'm thrilled and humbled to be teaming up with the Vancouver Canucks and the Aquilini family. I want to thank them for believing in me and giving me this opportunity. Their organization, family, and leadership are all first class. I am confident this will be a successful pairing and hope to make the organization and all of the fans across Vancouver, the Pacific Northwest, and Canada proud. Nothing there provides a smoking gun, yet I do find it interesting that Steve talks about the Aquilinis believing in him and giving him this opportunity. Could Steve and Luminosity Gaming be filling in the role of president of eSports Ops? You know, the hockey equivalent was the role that Trevor Linden had with the Vancouver Canucks, president of hockey operations prior to his departure this summer. This actually makes sense in the same announcement that Van Al states, Luminosity Gaming will be working closely with us to help craft and implement our strategy surrounding player acquisition, key staffing, day-to-day operations, marketing, and more. Pretty much the kitchen sink is what they're saying they're helping with. So does this mean Luminosity Gaming Seagull, who retired from the Overwatch League to stream full-time, could he be making uh, his way to Vancouver with an about face on the retirement? Or how about Harblue? He said he's looking for a team, and the timing of his announcement coincided, uh, you know, quite conveniently with the Van Owl Luminosity Gaming news. Eh, Who knows? Heck, on the topic of players and personnel, we still haven't had any indication that the Runaway roster could be representing the Pacific Northwest. While no news has been released about the rumors we discussed in the last episode, Runaway did share on Twitter that all roster players completed their Overwatch League Season 2 contract with a congratulations and a note about fond memories never to be forgotten. Hmm... 
Speaking of fond memories, that burst of activity on Twitter just over a week ago from Van Owl has been the only proof of life from the franchise since. Short of liking a random selection of tweets from Luminosity's Cypher PK talking about his lack of Instagram verification, to Luminosity's Ninja sharing of his uh, backflip quad headshot in Fortnite Battle Royale, which uh, if you haven't seen is actually pretty solid. We've gotten zero news. Now, maybe I'm getting worked up about nothing, and that's probably a salient point, yet it's hard to see the Toronto franchise already lining up their launch party for later this week, the 24th of October, and for us to have nothing but a few likes and a small handful of tweets in Vancouver, and on that note, that party is already sold out. Now, I've even reached out to my contacts here in the Canuck side of the business to see if I can get the 411, and those efforts have been in vain. The only response that I continue to get is that they're still working things out. You know, it's hard to be slow and steady in the world of uh, esports. Now, before we jump into the fray, I do want to answer an email I received via the mailbag. Feedback at readysetpone.com for those who have their own questions. Um, regarding the logo of the podcast. The question from what I think is Sully or Solly, because they didn't include a name, was, what does your logo, does it represent something? Well, first of all, thanks for the question, and second, it actually does. You see, Vancouver has a number of synonymous icons, and the one that actually resonates with me the most is the Vancouver Lookout at Harbour Centre. Now, I also thought it would showcase well within the centre of the actual Overwatch logo. Now, unfortunately, my extreme lack of artistic ability when combined with the ceiling of Microsoft Paint meant I couldn't actually do justice to the actual reference. And it seemed to be a mixed bag if locals even figured it out when I shared it with them. Now, if you follow me on Twitter already, at ReadySetPone, you might have seen that I tweeted out this in a response, because uh, I didn't want to sit on the question for over two weeks and not get that answer. And I explained much of what I just, you know, said earlier, outlined how I was working with a tight budget here, RSP, you know, the wife, uh, she's got a firm hold on that bank card. So paying for a pro to actually provide a better version was something that's just going to have to wait. Now, what happened next completely floored me. Synth or at synthetic rat on Twitter shot me a redone version of the logo with a far better representation of the Vancouver lookout. And not only that, an offer to use it for the brand. And when I asked if he or, or she, I'm actually not sure, minded if I tried to edit it to give it a transparent background, they stepped up with not only the transparent version, but another of other formats and options. Now, I cannot begin to provide words to describe how humbled I am that someone would offer that level of support so early on in the life of this podcast. So here's to you, Synth. May Jeff Kaplan always smile on you proudly and all your competitive matches be forever in your favor. While we're still waiting on more out of Vancouver, we did at least get news on the format and structure of the second Overwatch League season. With the addition of eight teams increasing the size of the league from 12 to 20, we first see an even split of teams into the Atlantic and Pacific divisions. We've got Paris, Toronto, Atlanta, and Washington joining the Atlantic, and Vancouver, Chengdu, Guangzhou, and Hangzhou all joining the Pacific, so no surprises there. What will be interesting to see is how this divisional structure will carry over in future seasons where there's going to be more travel. I mean, that Atlantic division has a distinct advantage when it comes to proximity. 
We also learned the season itself would launch on February 14, 2019. That's Valentine's Day to some, or the eve of my birthday to me and my wife, and with each team playing 28 matches over four stages, which breaks down to seven matches a stage, with each stage lasting five weeks in the length, this too is not much of a surprise, because the feedback from players from the first season was that it was quite compressed and mentally exhausting. Stage finals are also back, with the top eight teams from each stage being placed into a seeded playoff bracket to determine a stage winner. Now of note, the two divisions Divisional winners will receive the top two seeds, while the remaining two teams will be then seeded by record. And while the playoffs return, they'll receive a subtle shift due to the increased number of teams in the Overwatch League. Both divisional champions will qualify, as will the next four teams with the best record from either division. The four teams with the next best records, 7th through 12th, well, they're going to be required to play into the playoffs in a win-and-you're-in match to round out the final eight. That's actually something I like. I like that win-and-you're-in format. Another shift has been with the All-Star Weekend, with it now being a mid-season showcase event instead of something that was held after the Grand Championship. While an event like this aligns uh, to allow the showcase, um, similar to how most other professional leagues run, at least here in North America, say for the National Football League Pro Bowl, it also provides a needed break midway through the season to all those players who don't partake, and, and even to those who might. Now, in player and personnel news, we've actually seen quite a bit of activity. The Atlanta expansion team, well, they've actually brought in Kazors as a player development coach from One Point, and Danny, an analyst uh, from GOATS. Sefi is going to be joining them as head coach from last night's leftovers, and Silence, an assistant coach, also from last night's leftovers. Boston Uprising, they've also been busy. They're bringing in Gunba, an assistant coach from the LA Valiant. While Dallas Fuel, they're bringing in Closer from the London Spitfire, is going to play support. Uh, Houston Outlaws, they actually let go their coach, Kai Kai. Florida Mayhem, they got BQB, DPS, coming in from X, uh, X6 Gaming. Uh, Chris playing support from uh, Meta Athena. And Swan uh, Tank from Energy Esports. Uh, the Guangzhou expansion franchise, they got Hotba, uh, Flex from the Philadelphia Fusion. The LA Valiant, um, well, this is where it's kind of weird. Both Damon and Soon are leaving the team, uh, going to an announced team, although rumors are that Soon's going to be joining the Paris expansion franchise. Uh, London Spitfire, they're bringing in Guard from the Element, uh, Mystic, uh, Krillin, uh, support from the Crusher, uh, the Soul Dynasty. Uh, well, Why Not's going to be their assistant coach, coming from uh, O2 Ardeon. Jesse, support from Element Mystic. Uh, Marvel, going to be a tank uh, from Lucky Future Zenith. And then Michelle, a flex from Lucky Future Zenith as well. Now, to my earlier point of being patient, maybe Vancouver isn't the only expansion side taking this low and steady route, but as you can see, there's still a lot of activity and no other franchise seems to be sitting down. Now, event-wise, we also saw the Gilded Gala and the California Cup fire up this week. Well, I didn't actually get a chance to catch any of the event streams. I mean, being fathered a baby force can be a time sink, though that's not something I'd ever look to pass up. I've heard both events were extremely well-received and will likely go on to serve that other fan-focused events need to be lined up. And lastly, with BlizzCon just under two weeks away, could we be getting a new Overwatch hero? Uh, well, simply a fan-driven theory, a Master Ian Gamer has put together a YouTube video, and I'm going to link to it uh, in the show notes, uh, to state the case that we may be seeing the release of Junker Queen. Now, sure, we've, we've actually seen other fan-driven theories that she was next. And then we saw Doomfist join, and Hammond, uh, actually not Hammond, Wrecking Ball, for those who want me to be precise. But I do kind of dig the message that's being shared here, and there are references to her throughout the game, and we've already seen her voice in Junkertown, and having already come somewhat out of left field with Wrecking Ball, you know, going back to 
basics with a hero already referenced well in game makes sense. And by the way, don't go at me about Wrecking Ball. I do get that he's the specimen that we already uh, knew about. And I bet you that wasn't the specimen you or anyone else was uh, thinking about when Overwatch went to the moon. There's also going to be a whole lot more announced at BlizzCon. I mean, we might uh, potentially see the release of a new map within Overwatch. And for those of you who are fans of other Blizzard franchises, I mean, there's the rumor that we're going to see a new Diablo uh, game established um, or quite possibly an entirely new Blizzard franchise. I'm kind of excited because as someone who has the BlizzCon virtual ticket, I'm going to get to be able to experience that vanilla version of uh, WoW or World of Warcraft. Um, being someone who used to play World of Warcraft, Warcraft, Warcrack way back, um, I was a human mage uh, for those of you who uh, uh, are also uh, for the Alliance. Um, I'm kind of partial to the vanilla experience, though I will admit I still have harsh memories of having to run everywhere because I could not afford both the training and then the mount to actually ride it. Thankfully, my brother who played the game uh, incessantly was able to fund that purchase. So for those of you who play World of Warcraft now, you don't know how bad it was. You complain that you can't fly in some of the expansions. Uh, Starcraft is always still around, and I think you know we might be reaching that point where we could see maybe a new Starcraft game or some announcement of a an evolution. Uh, and there's the rumor that it's possible that Blizzard could be working on an, the next gen MMO. And again, it'll be pretty cool to see what happens uh, in BlizzCon just a couple of weeks away. I'm a little bit curious if any of you might be uh, joining in with the virtual ticket or better yet, how many of you are actually going down to see it live. So here we are wrapping up the second episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast. For those of you who joined me two weeks ago and returned for the second episode, I appreciate your support, and I hope that you come back for that third episode that we'll see just at the conclusion of BlizzCon. Now, I also hope that Vancouver will have released some form of news, more than just a proof of life, more than just a like of a tweet, and I hope that I'll be the guy that will be sharing it with you, either here on the podcast or on the website, readysetpoem.com. What I do pledge to you, though, is that I will continue to be the source of any news related to that Vancouver expansion franchise. The moment I know about it, the moment you'll know about that. And that'll be on the site, on Twitter at ReadySetPone, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash ReadySetPone. Now, one thing I do ask for any of you that are listening to this point is to give me any of the feedback that you have about this podcast. Um, it could be good feedback, it could be bad feedback, I don't care. Tell me what you think. The easiest way to go about that is by emailing me feedback at readysetpone.com. Or if you have questions, email those too. As you'll see, I'll answer nearly anything you ask. And if there is one call to action that I have is that if you're listening to us here on iTunes, I ask that you go and give us some feedback and reviews there. It could be five out of five stars. This podcast sucks. Or it could be zero out of five stars. This podcast sucks. I hope obviously it's much better than that, but I will guarantee all of you that leave a review on iTunes that you'll have that review shared on an episode. If you're ever looking to have your name referenced on an episode, that's probably the easiest way to go about it. Now, again, on behalf of myself, Chris at Lightforce, and the only host here, though I hope to announce some news about that in the next coming episodes, I thank you for tuning in to the Ready, Set, Poem podcast. I'll see you again at the conclusion of BlizzCon, and if there's two words that I have for you, it's catchphrase. We'll
Thank you.